This morning, we hear words from Hosea, a a prophetic voice dating from the 8th century BCE. The kingdom has long been a divided one at this point, and the people find themselves in the midst of turmoil on every side. Hosea preached during the last chaotic decades of the northern kingdom when Israel lived in conflict with Judah, the southern kingdom, and under constant threat from Assyria. At this moment, when we're reading, some in Israel have already fled to Egypt and submitted to Assyrian rule after one invasion. The northern kingdom is teetering on the brink of defeat and exile. Last week, we heard Elijah pushing the people to choose between gods who remain silent and the god of their ancestors. And the fire raining down on that rebuilt and drenched altar has now burned itself down to a few charred remnants. The nation has made their choice. I invite you to listen as I read from Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Together, let us listen for the word of God. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to feed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up? Ephraim. How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst. And I will not come in wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So at the risk of dating myself, Bull Durham is still near the top of my list of all-time great movies. It is silly and sweet and poignant all at the same time. As you may recall, Nuke Lelouch is a shooting star pitcher who won't be in the minors for long. Crash Davis is the veteran who has made it to the show, the majors. Just a moment. And the two have been at odds from the beginning when Nuke struts in thinking he's God's gift and things spiral from there. One of my favorite scenes comes when the team is riding that beat up bus from one game to another. Nuke is playing the guitar poorly. 
and singing even more poorly. He keeps stumbling over the lyrics. Young girls, they do get woolly because of all the stress, he croons. Crash reaches his limit. No one gets woolly. Women get weary. Crash is weary, which may be why the song, Try a Little Tenderness, Being Butchered, bugs him so much. Newt does not understand tenderness or what bone-tired weariness feels like, but Crash does. He's worn out and all but washed out. He is still trying to play the game for a bit longer, the game that has captured his heart and broken it at the same time. Through Hosea, we overhear the internal debate God seems to be having with God's self. God is weary too and heartbroken. Scholars note that this is the first time we hear God speak of love in relationship to Israel. That seems hard to believe, my friend Jessica says, perhaps because I take that idea so much for granted. What did I learn in Sunday school all those years, she says, if not that God loves me? Yes, Jesus loves me. We learn it from day one. We teach it from the beginning. We hope that Violet and every other child, those we promise to raise in the faith and those we never meet, know that Jesus loves them too. And through Hosea's words, we are reminded that long before Jesus has even a twinkle in ancient Israel's eye, God loves them. I suspect that the northern kingdom of Israel is weary, too. While their weariness does not excuse the people's turning their backs on the God who has created them, protected them, and taught them to walk, it helps explain it. After all, for all God's love and devotion, they are still in the thick of a war zone tossed about at the whim of crooked kings who have long ago abandoned the covenant made with and by their ancestor David. They are weary, bone-tired, and frightened. And God decides to respond to their perpetual unfaithfulness, not with wrath, but with tenderness. I have a bad habit of singing the wrong lyrics, which is not a problem when I'm singing in the car by myself, but I have been known to irk some beloved family members. Yes, George, my brother, been able, I have irked him to no end when I get the lyrics wrong. So I thought it would be good to look up the correct words to try a little, little tenderness before mentioning the song this morning. Now, I know better than to think it says young girls get woolly. Crash taught me that. But I'm not sure I ever paid close enough attention to the actual lyrics. It turns out that the words Otis Redding sings are lovelier than anything I could make up in the car. He sings it's not just sentimental. She has her grief and care. But the soft words, they are spoke so gentle, it makes it easier, easier to bear. You won't regret it. No, young girls, they don't forget it. I'm not sure the same can be said about the northern kingdom of Israel. The fiery showdown with the false prophets did not convince them. They'll forget. God's words of tenderness will not sway them for long, if at all. And yet, this remains God's posture. I will not come in wrath. 
Holy wrath has got to be tempting, right? I came across words on a parenting blog that insisted it was time for us to admit that parenting is hard. It is one kind of hard when they're toddlers, and it's a different kind of hard when they're teenagers and young adults. Almost all parents will tell you that parenting is a gift, but that does not mean it's easy. Whether or not you've been a parent, we've all been children. And I would wager that the majority of us have given our parents something to worry about, something to be frustrated about, something that maybe has even pushed the relationship to the brink. Sadly, some parents respond in rage. Sometimes the parent-child relationship is fractured beyond repair. God's relationship with Israel certainly appears to be the children, the people are bent on turning away, and yet, at least with God, the tenderness remains. Another blogging mom named Rachel posted a picture of her son from when he was eight and dressed for Halloween. And then she writes, today is his 16th birthday, and I haven't seen him for more than three days in 18 months. I try, I reach out, I call, I sent birthday presents. Because despite being estranged, I love him. He's my son. I don't know the story behind their broken relationship, but Rachel's tender spot, her broken heart, prompted her to write a post encouraging people to be gentle with one another because we do not and cannot fully know what others are carrying. Tenderness, really, is what she encourages. Tenderness. Try a little tenderness. Tenderness is not my default drive. Especially when I, like you, swim in a world drowning in suspicion, outrage, defensiveness, accusations, meanness, and despair. I think it helps at least me to get a window into God's internal debate here and realize that God gets angry too, that God is fed up and ready to obliterate it all, us all, and start fresh with a new people, with new children, and decides not to. More than once, God decides not to. More times than I could ever count. Now, there are consequences Israel will find itself in ruins, as will their siblings in Judah. And yet, at the end of the day, God decides and declares, I will not come in wrath. In an age where countless voices constantly tell us to toughen up, get over it, choose sides, take care of our own, and write off those who look, think, speak, love, and act in ways we do not understand. Tenderness seems downright ridiculous, doesn't it? And yet... In Rachel and in Hosea's God, I hear a stronger, more urgent voice drawing me down a different path. Rachel ends her post about her son with these words. As I sat on my couch thinking back to 16 years ago when the pains of labor racked my body, I thought it was such a reminder of how motherhood, parenthood has those moments tucked within. And yet we go through them, we deal, we are strong because we love. To my son, happy 16th. I'll always love you, always be here waiting for you, and it's never changed. I'm still so proud to be the one on this earth who you call mom.
Strong because we love. Not in spite of love, but because. So often we understand the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Hebrew Scriptures, to be decidedly different from the God we meet in Jesus. And yet the God we meet in Genesis at creation is the same God who becomes a dressmaker to clothe the wayward Adam and Eve. The God we meet in Exodus on the mountain is the God who feeds the grumbling Israelites day in and day out without fail in the desert. This God builds a kingdom through the impetuous dancing shepherd boy named David. And no matter how many times the people turn away, this God chooses not to come in wrath. For God's strength is not found in wrath but in love. Tenderness does not turn God into a big teddy bear. Instead, this tenderness tells us that the Lord of the universe, the very one who could crush the world in an instant, chooses to cradle it instead. And this God is the God who comes to us in Jesus. Our tradition holds that Jesus and the Holy Spirit have always been part of God. They are not a late ad or a Hail Mary. They are who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, three in one, one in three. This same tender, bending God reveals the depth of his love for all his children by taking on all of our hurt, all of our disdain, all of our unfaithfulness, all of our cruelty in Christ's death on the cross. I will not come in wrath, God insists. Amazingly, God does come in love, compassion, faithfulness, and resurrection power. God turns and keeps turning, bends and keeps bending toward the world in love. God tries a little tenderness again and again, hoping to reach and redeem every last weary and wayward child including you and me. That is what God does and has always done. This is who God is and always has been and always will be. Thanks be to God. Amen.